In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who brings to us what we need to know about Him. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there is a book that is now an American classic. It's called On the Road. It's written by this guy named Jack Kerouac. There's something interesting there that it's an American classic because it's all about uh, traveling through America, but it's written by a guy who's a Canadian, so just kind of go with that. But if you haven't read on the road, then you, you probably don't know what it's all about. And you should read it. It's, it's an interesting book for sure. And if you read on the road, what you find there is basically a travel log of a three-week road trip that this guy named uh, Jack Kerouac takes with another guy and has all of these sort of mini-adventures throughout the process. And, and throughout the process, uh, what he learns is what his life is all about and what life in general is all about. And the type of book that it is, basically it's an autobiography where Jack Kerouac changes the names of people so that they can protect the innocent or perhaps the not-so-innocent. And so Jack Kerouac's name in the novel is Sal Paradise. And the name of his friend is Dean Moriarty. And Dean Moriarty is a bit of a wild character. He's this wild guy. He's from out west somewhere, maybe Wyoming. And when he meets Jack Kerouac, he, Jack Kerouac kind of idealizes what Dean Moriarty is, who Dean Moriarty is. He's this guy. He doesn't seem to care about the conventions of the day. He doesn't seem to care about what other people are doing. He just cares about living life. He cares about doing what he wants to do. He cares about being in the moment. And that is attractive to Sal Paradise. And Sal Paradise agrees to get in the car with him and take this three-week trip kind of out of the blue. In fact, it all happens around this one little dialogue that Sal and Dean have with one another. And Dean looks at Sal and Dean says to Sal, Sal, we got to go. And Sal looks back at Dean and says, where are we going? And Dean looks back at Sal and says, I don't know, but we got to go. And that's kind of the sense that we have, in a way, of what is happening here in this gospel reading in John. Where the sort of cautious Nicodemus comes under the cloak of night and begins to tip his toe in the water to see if it's possibly tepid enough for him to follow this new Rabbi, this wild-eyed carpenter slash rabbi named Jesus who's been doing all of these signs. And so he knows there's something to him, but he also knows that he's definitely more than a little bit dangerous. He could be a heretic. 
he could be a prophet. And depending on the time that you look at him, you kind of wonder which he is. And as you listen to him talk to Nicodemus in this section of John, sometimes we maybe even wonder the same thing. When we hear Jesus going on about, well, you have to be born of the water and the spirit, duh. And you go, oh yeah, Jesus, I'm right there with you. I have no idea what that means. And as you hear Jesus talking to Nicodemus, you you get this sense that Nicodemus is, is more than just a little bit uncomfortable with who Jesus is and what Jesus is calling him to. Jesus tells Nicodemus, well, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus says, well, how on earth is that going to happen? Am I going to somehow go back to my mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus kind of shakes his head and goes, hey, don't get it. And then he goes back and he says, well, okay, uh, it's, it's sort of like when you remember the story about Moses in the wilderness where he lifts up a snake and all of the people are healed. It's sort of like that. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? And Nicodemus is kind of looking at him with a blank stare and going, I, I, I still don't get it, Jesus. And Nicodemus pops up from time to time in John's Gospel. And, and it seems like as he's continuing to get to know Jesus, he continues to kind of grow in his faith. And at the end of John's Gospel, when we finally meet Nicodemus there, Nicodemus is one of the people that takes Jesus' body away from the cross and buries him in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And so you kind of get this sense that, that Nicodemus in some way has been along on the road with Jesus. And it's interesting that the very first disciples, when they were looking for a a name for this new movement, this new Jesus thing that they were doing, that the name that they chose was the way. And sometimes I I, I don't know that we really embrace the, the road, the way aspect of what it means to follow Jesus. And especially on a Sunday like Trinity Sunday, I think that comes out. Because I think, like Nicodemus, we come to God with all of these kind of stipulations of our rational mind. Where we say, well, God, you have to behave in this way because this is the way that my brain works. You, you, I can't be reborn. Are you crazy? If I did that to my mother, she would die. What on earth do you mean? And it's not just with being reborn. It's not just with the Trinity and how God just can't seem to handle math. It's things like, how does substitutionary atonement work? How on earth does one man dying on that cross equal all of us being saved? Or or maybe you're down with substitutionary atonement. Maybe you completely understand that. If so, talk to me after service. I've 
still got some questions. I still have to take some things on faith. Maybe it's even more complex and minute theological questions about, well, how is communion Jesus' body and Jesus' blood, but still bread and wine? How is baptism this getting wet? How does that include you into God's family? How do all of these things work? And I think we come to God and we have maybe just a few, but we definitely have a few things that we say, well, God, you have to answer these questions for me. And when you answer those questions for me, then fine, I'll be your disciple. It's sort of like when Jack Kerouac and, and Dean Moriarty, Sal Paradise and Dean Moriarty, come together. And, and, and Dean Moriarty says to Jack Kerouac, well, we got to go. And, and Jack Kerouac says, well, where are we going? And Dean just seems to ignore the question and says, well, we got to go. I'll tell you more about it on the way. You can think about all of this stuff as you're looking at it in the rearview mirror through your typewriter where you're typing this story away on a big long scroll because that's what he did. It's a great book. You can think about all of this stuff as you're going, but we got to go. And that's God's call to us. It, it, we got to go. You got to have faith. We got to go. There's answers there. You'll find the answers. You'll be able to write about the answers. You'll be able to write about the answers for a very long, 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 long time. But you'll never find those answers until you start to go. But we get afraid of going. Because when somebody comes up to us and says, hey, will you take a three week road trip with me? We've got some questions. We have questions like, well, are you going to kill me? Right? I mean, that would probably be number one if somebody just randomly came up to me and said, hey, PJ, let's go on a three-week road trip. I'm like, is my head going to end up in a freezer? Or somehow, is this going to compromise my morals? Is this going to compromise who I, I think I am? Now, it's kind of funny that we go to God and we say, are you going to compromise my morals? But I think that we do that. Because sometimes our morality has more to do with us and what we think than what actually God, who invented morals, thinks. But anyway, that's an aside. You got that one for free. We, we also go to God and, and we say, well, it, I, I'm not sure that I want to get in the car with you because really I'm not sure that I have that kind of time to devote. You know, I've got a job, three weeks, that's a, that's a long time. And, and there's so many other things that, that we come to God. When God says, we got to go, that we come back to him and we say, well, I need this answered first. God, are you going to try to kill me? And God responds, yes. He does. 
Take up your cross. Bear your cross. And yet he promises that he's going to raise you back to life. And, and uh, you come to God and you say, God, is this going to compromise my, my morality, my ethical construct of what the world means? And God says, yes. Because your morals and your ethics are just simply foolishness to my wisdom. And there's going to be times where they look like they're completely different things. But just trust me, what is moral in my universe is actually more moral than what is moral in your universe. And we come to God and we say, well, God, I, I don't know that I can trust all of this. How on earth would I ever get in a car with somebody who is going to compromise my morals and then kill me? And God responds, I love you. I love you enough that I sent my only son to die for you. So that if you believe in him, that you will have eternal life. That you will not have a life that ends in eternal perishing, eternal destruction, but you will have a life that is like God's life, a life that is eternal, a life that is filled up with everything that Jesus is filled up with. And sometimes that stuff isn't going to make sense and it's going to seem weird, but you're going to have that life. And it comes down to this. If you really believe that God loves you, you're okay with getting in the car with him. If Liz comes up to me, my wife, and says, we have to go on a three-week road trip, I may have some questions, but I'm going to say, if you really think that we have to do this, and there is no other way for us to do this, then let's do it. Because I know that you love me. And you wouldn't do anything that would not be for my good. That would not be for our good. And that is faith. That is trust. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. And so somewhere deep down inside of you, you may not know where it's coming from or certainly not where it's going. But somewhere deep down inside of you, there is that Holy Spirit who Jesus says, you don't know where this is going to come from. You don't know where it's going. There's this sense of faith and trust that God actually loves you. And stirring somewhere deep down in your soul there someplace, he's saying to you, we got to go. Amen.